Hello, everybody. We are brought to you today by Routine. When you sleep, you lose between a pound and a pound and a half of water, mainly from expelling vapors and sweating. What do you do first thing in the morning? Well, most people wake up, don't drink water, and they go straight for the caffeine. They drink coffee. And by doing so, you actually dehydrate yourself even more. So Morning Routine is a product that contains half an organic lemon, one tablespoon of apple cider vinegar, Himalayan sea salt, all six essential electrolytes, and most importantly, no sugar. They come in these little single-serve packets, and they are part of every single morning for me. When I wake up, the first thing I do is grab my shaker bottle, pour one of these little single-serve packets in, shake it up, and drink it. Uh, genuinely, the days I use Morning Routine versus the days I don't, the days I do, I truthfully, truthfully, truthfully feel hydrated. Uh, I feel like my brain is just working in a way that it doesn't on days that I don't start my day off with one of these. Routine, trusted ingredients, made convenient. If you go to yourroutine.com and use code ShaneWhite30 at checkout, you'll get 30% off your first order. Again, this is just a daily morning supplement that I take. Um, and a little hack for everyone listening too, I take these first thing in the morning. Sometimes when I feel just dehydrated or maybe if you decide to have an alcoholic beverage, they're also great in my opinion after having a, if you have a drink, um, having one of these afterwards before you go to bed to rehydrate, just any part of your day, um, you can plug one of these in uh, just to rehydrate yourself and get going. And like I said, go to yourroutine.com and use code ShaneWhite30 at checkout for 30% off your first order. Today, we're also brought to you by NeuroRoast. Today's episode is brought to you by NeuroRoast, a company that's dedicated to helping you optimize your brain function and overall well-being. NeuroRoast's flagship product is their premium mushroom coffee, which is made with an organic single-origin coffee and their signature blend of five different functional mushrooms, including cordyceps, lion's mane, reishi, turkey tail, and chaga. Mushroom coffee is a new and exciting way to supercharge your day. Unlike regular coffee, which can cause jitters and crashes, mushroom coffee provides a more balanced and sustained energy boost, allowing you to stay focused and productive throughout the day. And with NeuroRoast ground and instant coffee options, you can enjoy the benefits of mushroom coffee wherever and whenever you need it. And here's some great news for my listeners today. NeuroRoast is offering an exclusive just discount just for you. If you use the code ShaneWhite during checkout at NeuroRoast.com, dot com that's n-e-u-r-o-a-s-t dot com you'll get 30 percent off your order uh, whether you choose ground or instant coffee both will work so again that's shane white at at checkout for 30 percent off your purchase so if you're looking for a natural and delicious way to boost your focus memory and overall cognitive function give neurorose mushroom coffee a try with their commitment to quality and sustainability, you can trust that you're getting the best possible coffee for your brain and your body. Uh, and one last time, use that code Shane White at checkout to get 30%. Um, that is the prompt they gave me. Love the guys at NeuroRoast. Genuinely, folks, uh, from me to you, th their coffee is delicious. It does honestly have a different sort of caffeination way of it. The best way to describe it is it, it doesn't give you the jitters or the crash. Um, I love their stuff. It's the I get the flavored mushroom coffee, ground coffee. Um, to be honest, it's one of my favorite afternoon coffee products. 
Uh, if I'm going to have a cup of coffee for some reason in the afternoon, whether it's a long, busy day, whatever it may be, um, I love taking their stuff because it really doesn't give you this like jittery, super elevated, caffeinated feeling, but you feel like you have energy and you don't have the crash later. So genuinely do love NeuroRoast. Again, their website is N-E-U-R-O-A-S-T dot com and the code is Shane White. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening today. The episode is up after this. All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Shane White Show. I am pumped today to have the first Shane on the podcast. That's not myself. Shane, welcome to the show. He is the CEO and founder of of Mudwater. Shane, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, Shane. It's <laughs> so funny. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, thanks for having me on. I'm super yeah, Absolutely, man. For yeah. everyone who doesn't know you, doesn't know what Mudwater is, would you mind giving the listeners today just a little bit of a background on you and the brand? Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm the CEO, co-founder of Mudwater. Um, my background is in design. Well, maybe I'll talk about Mudwater first. Like Mudwater is a, a coffee alternative um, so we, we really launched um, with that positioning and our hero original blend is a blend of cacao, masala chai, and four mushrooms. So lion's mane, chaga, reishi, cordyceps, has a little bit of cinnamon, a little bit of turmeric, a little bit of salt. Um, and the creation of the product is kind of goes hand in hand with my own story my personal story. Um, and so my background is in design and, and fine art. <clears throat> And a lot of that was influenced by my parents and only now, um, years later, am I, am I able to sort of like connect those dots. But growing up, my dad is a builder, was a builder, um, built all the homes I grew up in. I think growing up, I didn't consider him an artist, but now in hindsight, um, I'm very much influenced creatively by him. And I think the most specific way that that's um, manifested is just in like the the skill set that I've been inspired to acquire over the years. Um, my dad as a builder was someone who could take an idea all the way through um, into, you know, an actual physical space. He, you know, turned blueprints into homes that I would sleep in. And I was always around tools, always around plans. Like I wanted to be an architect when I grew up when I was younger. That's cool. And then my mom was a computer science major. Um, so I was always around, uh, you know, creativity, creation, and then digital tools. Um, my mom uh, took that computer science degree and before I was born, went to work for a company called Monterey Mushrooms, mm, okay. which is actually one of the biggest mushroom growers in the world. Um, they're like, you know, top three, I think they're the number one vertically integrated mushroom grower in the world. And so I was always around mushrooms. I was around digital tools and, and creativity and, um, you know, didn't it wasn't a conscious decision, but was naturally drawn to graphic design and art. Um, and, you know, now looking back, it's like, that makes sense. It's kind of, it's both like I'm getting to create things. I'm getting to build brands, businesses, and with graphic design, it's such a broad field. Um, and I took the broad field approach. I learned typography, you know, quote unquote graphic design, but I also learned web design, web development, um, sort of like every tool that I could put in my tool belt, I, I tried to build fluency around um, and study. Yeah, graduated school, jumped right into the entrepreneurship world. I really loved being 
you know, involved in early stage companies. And I think that that relates to seeing my dad being, having his hands in things and building, um, you know, from start to finish. And that's what you get to do. That's what you have to do when you're on a small team. And so I was really drawn to that, started a company right out of school, um, took that experience, moved to Silicon Valley and started working for a variety of tech startups there. Um, and this is kind of where mud water, the, uh, the drink started. Um, I was living, you know, I had a really, I was really ambitious in my career. Um, wanted to build the next big app platform. Okay. I was really into tech. Um, and then outside of the office, I was living a really healthy lifestyle. Um, I was into Ayurveda, I was into yoga, breath work, those types of things. And a lot of that started in my senior year of college. Um, I had a, a roommate who took his life and it sort of opened my eyes up to a lot of questions around life, around consciousness, around mental health, um, that, you know, I think were within me that I had suppressed. And, uh, when that happened, it was, um, there wasn't really a choice. It was like, I knew I needed to walk that path and answer those questions or pursue them. And so you know, it's been this like gentle unfolding and exploration into different modalities, different ways of thinking. And so here I am in Silicon Valley, ambitious, and I got this like healthy lifestyle going on over here. And I'm experiencing all of a sudden a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, I'm not sleeping well. Uh, meanwhile, I'm drinking tons of caffeine, um, you know, okay. and sure. at the time and, and kind of still currently we're in this time where we're like a butt first coffee culture hustle, 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 sleep when you're dead. And I was deep in that. And I thought caffeine or coffee, um, I didn't think it would, was bad for me, right? Like I was looking around, everyone was doing it. Um, I thought it was a performance enhancer. I thought it was a nootropic. It was gonna allow me to do more and do it faster. And so I was drinking a ton of it. And um, I drink it in the morning, evening, like late at night, whatever. Yeah. I had no notion of the importance of sleep. Um, or how caffeine and all of that worked because this wasn't something that anybody questioned when you drink a cup of coffee. Like I had no idea how much caffeine was in it. Mm -hmm. Um, but experiencing stress is one thing experiencing it when your whole life is built around creativity. Like when you're sitting in front of a canvas and you're anxious and you're, you know, you got the jitters and everything. It's a lot more perception. Like you really see the connection between, your mental state and how you create um, mm, where your intuition comes from. And so I, you know, maybe was more sensitive to it in that way, um, more attuned to it. And I started to question my relationship to stimulants, stimulants, started to question my relationship to caffeine. And, um, I right around that time I got invited to do an art residency in India. Oh. So, um, quit my job, took a leave of absence, lived in Goa for six months, had an art show there and in Bombay. And I think more impactfully, it was the first time I was out of the country. So I was already in this sort of like malleable mindset where I was kind of questioning this cultural prescription of like, you go to the office, you drink coffee. And then all of a sudden I'm, you know, in this other country with new different belief systems, different ways of being, what's cool, what's not cool. All of that was sort of um, you know, it was like this unlearning to relearn process. I came home from that trip, just like empowered to not only walk to the beat of my own drum, but like first discover what that is. 
And one of the first things I started to do was look at my routines, my rituals, and, and specifically like the morning routine. I loved waking up. And before I jumped into creativity, I loved like doing a little meditation, a little breath work and making something that I could sip on. And I was like, what if this could be more than just a vessel for caffeine? And I, right around this time, I started hearing these podcasts talking about these mushrooms. Growing up around mushrooms all the time, um, I was, uh, you know, I was just like, yes, that makes total sense. So ordered some lion's mane, some chaga, some, some reishi, some cordyceps, started adding it with some chai that I fell in love with in India, some cacao, you know, I was just making it for myself. Um, honestly, to scratch my own itch that I thought no one else had, like I thought everyone else was fine. Everyone else felt great. They could drink tons mm -hmm. of coffee, but I was dealt a bad hand of cards and I could not. And so I drink, I bring this thing with me, this you know, basically looked very similar to this. I bring it with me. There's little chunks of chaga floating in it. Go to the office and people would come up to me and they'd be like, what is that? Like disgusted, basically. Yeah, yeah. And I would be like, ah, it's mud. You don't want anything. <laughs> you don't want it. <laughs> and um, where, where did the mud come from? Is that Was that just like, I mean, it just looked like mud? Yeah, look at it. I mean, yeah, it was kind of, yeah. it looked like mud. And because I thought that everybody was fine and wouldn't want it. So I was almost like going deeper into you know, into that, like making it even more, like more of a wall around it. Um, you but were almost like self-deprecating on it just a little bit. Yeah. You thought it was like, not a great idea almost like, yeah, like, like I, I don't think anyone I else is going to want this. Yeah. And I had a lot of like weird, it was just like another one of my like Shane's weird things that like nobody would be interested in. I thought like I was like brewing kombucha in college and things like that. But the aha moment for me was those conversations. It was like every one of them would eventually evolve into them talking about their anxiety, their depression. Like everyone in the office drank caffeine and everyone who would talk to me about it was like, yeah, I feel jittery. I'm trying to drink less. Like no one was like, I'm looking for more, for ways to get more caffeine in my body. Everyone right. was trying to drink less. And I was like, wow, this is interesting. Like I thought this was just my problem, but there's a lot more people struggling with men their mental health. There's a lot of people feeling anxious. There's a lot of people struggling with their sleep. Um, everyone's drinking tons of caffeine. I knew that that I, I saw firsthand that reducing my, my uh, reliance on stimulants really helped with anxiety, with stress, with sleep, all of those things. Hmm. I was like, I know how to build brands. I know how to build websites, I know how to code websites. Like I know how to make the product. Like I can just put something online. And so over the weekend in May of 2018, I, uh, I just like felt it. I saw it. It was kind of the culmination of my whole life, childhood, things I was interested in, aesthetic, art, design, business came together. And I just built the brand. I built a brand that I wanted to see in the world and a product that I loved. And I put it live, like literally, I, this was on a Saturday, like threw up a website. It was live on Monday. I didn't have any money, didn't have any experience making anything in the kitchen, really. <laughs> I had a credit card and I was ordering some ingredients and had a Cuisinart mixer. And oh, I was wow. just like, I'll figure this out as I go. I, it was 100% all in, knew it was going to work. And order started to come in. It was slow at first. And then it just started to gain traction within like seven months. I was shipping out like $200,000 a month. Wow. Um, I, had, I was going to work 
full time, coming home on my lunch breaks, shipping orders out on my lunch breaks, coming back home after work, mixing it up. It was just like, I knew that in order for me to focus on it full time, it had to be up into the right growth. I had to hit, I, I knew the KPIs I had to hit. I had to be all in committed. And within eight months of launch, I was able to raise some money and focus on it full time. Good for you, man. So, wow. That's an awesome story. Um, yeah. It's funny. I know when I reached out to get you on the podcast originally, one of the the true reasons for that is I, I seriously have had such a horrible addiction to caffeine, honestly, mm-hmm. since RX bar. Like I remember RX bar, there'd just be days where we're grinding and it was just like, we had free yeah. coffee in the office and I would just, I would drink it all day. I drink it all the way until it was dark outside. I'd still be drinking yeah. coffee. Um, and I went through a little bit of a phase of, of cleaning it up. And honestly, now it's just running a business. I, I honestly have fallen back into having too much caffeine. And I know that. So it's I really easy. want to I mean, eat. it's a, it's a cycle. Like you, even when I started to question my relationship to caffeine, it was really hard to quit because it's so easy to get right. Like it's everywhere. It's, like if you walk into the office, there's probably like 10 different ways to ingest it. You got like yeah. soda, energy drinks, an espresso machine, people asking you, you want to go grab a cup of coffee, coffee meetings, all those things. And so it's interwoven into culture and right. it's a psychoactive drug. And, um, you know, you kind of build this relationship with it where you're, you're sort of like offsetting poor sleep with a mm-hmm. substance in doses that causes poor sleep. And so it's just kind of like, you just are trying to keep up. Right. It's, it's, well, well. it's funny. Yeah. I, I've gone through a pretty wild stretch here. The first call it six months of the year. Um, my wife gave birth on January 3rd with our first Ooh, child. Congrats. So like, I had my first day. child last March. Oh, congratulations, man. Yeah. So you're ahead of me, but it's such a fun time. And as you, I'm sure obviously vividly remember, it's a time of not your normal sleep cadence. Mm. Um, so during like the, I would call it the February through April time frame. I went like my first time since I can remember before college, like 50 days in a row of like complete no alcohol. Um, it was the first time that I've kind of like rehashed the thought of like questioning why I drink. And it yeah. was eye opening, like how much better I felt, how much better I slept, how much more present I was with my wife and my kid and being able to work harder and just like everything mm-hmm. was better. Um, and so yeah. before having you on, I was like, it's funny. I've been thinking the same thing with caffeine. I'm like, now my whole mindset around alcohol has completely changed and I'm, I'm not really drinking at all. If maybe a little here and there, and I've been thinking the same thing with caffeine. I'm like, it just feels like the next inevitable thing that I'm starting to question of like, why the hell do I have so much caffeine in today? Like, you know, I know today, yeah. for example, I had coffee in the morning. I had a, like a ZOA before I worked out. I just had a coffee this afternoon. I'm like, what do you, you don't need this much coffee. Um, so anyway, I say all that to say, I think it's a really interesting product. And I think you did a really good job from the beginning. Like I know Shane, I saw a lot of your stuff. I do remember seeing your stuff in 2018 when I was at RX. Um, mm-hmm. Would you mind giving everyone a little bit of a background? Like you, you obviously knew some web design and, and getting it up and live, but one yeah. of the things I vividly remember, and I would love to know how you did this was like, you just seemed like you were showing up everywhere to me. Like I kept seeing the product and transparently, I haven't tried it yet. But it was, you've always been one of the few products in like, I would call it like my social media circle of, of products I see a lot. And I'm like, I need to try mm-hmm. this. Um, mm-hmm. And you did such a good job of showing up. I felt like organically. I would love to know yeah, just like what some of your, if you remember some of your early strategies, because I, I still to this day feel like I see mud water in some of the best places um, yeah. just organically. Like you guys have always stood out to me as someone that does a really good job of that. Yeah, I think... I think some of the most like disruptive brands 
they find ways to zig where other people are zagging. And <clears throat> when we, when I launched the, like, again, we were a butt first coffee culture, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, coffee was cool. Everyone was yay coffee, you know? And I came to market with a message that was like a complete zag against that. Um, I had one of like our first ads was just a message that said, I'm not mad at coffee. I'm just disappointed. So I made something better. Love that. Um, and I even shipped out stickers that said, fuck your coffee. Yeah. But like <laughs> the thing was, is I wasn't going like, I, I wasn't trying to fight coffee. Um, I was trying to shake up the snow globe. I was giving people permission to, to ask, you know, that question that you had around alcohol. I was giving like my intention was to give people permission to be curious. I was giving uh, my intention was to give people permission to have agency over their own habits, mm. you know? So reflecting on my journey, I, I realized that like when I, when I was working in 2015, um, I thought I, I was making all the decisions that I was making, but whether it was drinking alcohol or drinking caffeine, I was, I was actually more susceptible to the cultural prescriptions than I thought. Meaning that like, I started showing up the office and I just started doing what everybody else was doing without questioning it, without not, not like challenging it, just like understanding my intention. I'm ingesting mm. a drug, like a drug, like you can go buy a pill bottle of caffeine and a cup of coffee is the equivalent of just popping like three pills with some hot water of right. that. It's not yeah. saying it's bad. Like I'm not against caffeine. I'm not against coffee. Like our product, a couple of our products have some caffeine in it. Um, dose makes the poison. And I think it's really impo important for us to be intentional about what we put in our bodies, especially if it's a psychoactive drug. And, um, and so early on, that was like, and that was kind of the, the underlying premise behind everything I did. I wanted to shake up the snow globe. Um, I wanted to challenge the status quo. And you know, like that's even woven into the name itself. Like when people would ask me what it was, what, what am I drinking? I was calling it mud because it's a zig where the people are zagging. Like I want, like it, it's memorable. You're like, wait, what? You're drinking mud? Yeah, um, yeah. And it's like, no, uh, this is, it's just the name. Um, but when you look at like, this is another thing that I would talk about early on was like, people are like, I'm never going to drink something called mud. It's like, that's part of the problem, right? Like you go to our shelves and you have Sunny Delight and Mountain Dew and Rockstar, these things that sound good and vitamin water, even good for you, but they're not, you know? Right. Yeah. That's it's such what's a great inside. Point. It's what's inside that counts. The, the name of the product has nothing to do with what's inside liquid death, you know, like it's, it's what's inside that counts. And so. I was looking, I was always looking at opportunities to shake up the snow globe and to inspire curiosity. And I think that there's something magical about that because it creates a lot of, uh, so a it's polarizing, of course, like you have to be, you have to have thick skin because whenever you're, you're doing that, you're going to get haters for sure. But right. you have to realize you have to see, you know, the forest through the trees, because if you try to appeal to everyone, you appeal to no one. Everyone's heard that quote and it's so true. Um, and so when we were launching, I was like, I want, like, I want to speak the truth and some people are going to hate on it, but some people are going to love it deeply and they're going to share it with their friends and they're going to talk about it. Um, because if you can get someone to change their mind about something, 
that's like one of the most powerful relationships you can build. Like you kind of remember that forever. Like you remember people that changed you and changed your perception on things. And it's not every day that a brand can do that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I wove that into our copywriting. I wove it into our email flows. You know, that's that thinking. I was always looking for like, okay, I have an opportunity to speak to the customer. All like most people are like, this is just a post-purchase confirmation email. I'm like, no, that's, that's an interaction. Like it's the, it's the digital equivalent of us showing up and being like, Hey, thank you so much for your order. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. We don't, we don't just want to say that, like, this is an opportunity to get to know them. This is an opportunity for them to get to know us. And so every little, every little touch point I was really intentional around. And I think that like thing that you're talking about where it looked like we were everywhere was just a, a second, third order effect of that. Um, because we were getting a lot we were getting just like virality, just like organic because people were like, Hey, look at, I'm drinking mud. I'm drinking something called mud because they knew that friends would DM them and be like, what is that? Like, what are you talking about? Right. Is it oh, that's is smart. It that? So, right. It was, um, you know, it was causing a lot of, it was bringing attention to what people are saying. If it was called, you know, um, like Lotus powder or something like that, <laughs> like people would be like, yeah, he's just, it's just a health and wellness thing. Um, so yeah, I think that like that's de definitely something that I loved doing and, and feel like was responsible for our growth and still is responsible for our growth. Yeah, it's really interesting, Shane, because I, I never really thought about it, but that's so true. Like, do you do you think if you would have called it whatever the the one you just came up with, do you think it would have had the same effect early on? Like, do you think how much how much I guess the question is, how much do you think the the virality of the name helped in the early days when people don't have, you know, you don't have brand awareness yet and you're just trying to get something off the ground, the whole zero to one? I think it's tough to pick little things out. It's kind of like looking at a really nice suit and being like, but the tie, like, what if we take that out or put it in, a different one in? I, I think a brand, like the best brands are like holistic, like it's an you know, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. And so um, with, I, and I think that some brands can lean heavier, they're stronger in some areas or, or rely on the name more than others or the logo or the copy or the voice or all those things. Um, I think, yeah, I think with us, it just, it made sense um, for the holistic picture of the, of the brand. Yeah. Um, and it's it's kind of hard to explain. I don't know if that makes sense, but like when I was building the brand, I I that it I felt it. And one of the like most interesting things personally for me as I've been building the company is sort of like transcribing the language of intuition into words. <laughs> you know, like as you start to grow a team, you start to realize that a lot of the decisions that you were making, you you knew and they were data-driven, but like they were more, they were felt, right? Like their intuition, mm. it, it was okay. kind of like everything that you've been noticing throughout your whole life gets encoded in you and it's guiding decisions and it's guiding taste and all of those things. But you don't necessarily have a language you couldn't necessarily teach it to someone. Um, that makes, yeah, that makes a ton of sense. But and you eventually so, have to. <laughs> as the company yeah, right, grows. you have to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I'm sure we'll get, to, I would love to dive into like how you've built the team, but would love to go back yeah. a little bit. So you when you launch you launch the website obviously 
Um, did you, was the plan originally just to see how big of a D to C business you could build, or did you have aspirations at that point to be in retail and have wholesale? Like what, what other channels or was it just D to C that you were going to focus on here? Like right at launch for people listening. Yeah. I mean, yeah, my philosophy was like focus on my, I, I wanted to keep it simple. Like I was like, maximize depth in one area, go as deep as you can. And once you, once you're starting to near what you think might be the bottom, then dig the next hole. And so like what that might look like was like, you know, direct consumer, one product. And then you're like, okay, I think now it's ready to launch a second product. And then maybe it's now it's ready to launch retail. And then maybe mm -hmm. it's ready to launch international. Um, but trying to boil the ocean is a really tough thing to do. And so I was, I, I had started a couple of companies before I've been involved on in the early stage and in the tech world, um, I saw firsthand what's called like feature creep, where you just start to hear feedback from a variety of sources of like, Oh, this feature would be nice. Oh, but what if it did this? What if it did that? And you start to be like, just say yes to everything and you do nothing really well. Um, mm. and then you, and then like a year later, uh, you know, you don't, you kind of lose sight of who you are. Um, like you lose the keel of the boat, you lose the anchor. And so, um, yeah, I was like, we're only now just getting into retail. We're five years old and we're starting to um, figure out our retail strategy. So we've been, um, direct consumer the whole time. And that was the plan. That's awesome, man. And, and obviously we don't get into the details, but I'm assuming, has it been growing? all five years across D to C like it, yeah. it seems like I see more and more of you guys. So there must, it must be working and going up into the right. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've had tremendous growth, um, you know, on all those numbers, revenue subscribers, but also just people and personal growth. Like, uh, you know, the, the most growth is, is definitely happened within, um, okay. you know, the yeah. self, right. Like just, really going from someone who was a designer who was who loved being an individual contributor who loved to be a player on the court then going into the coach um and you know managing hiring firing people um such a profound journey and you know my coach i have a coach and he yeah early on he's like starting a company will be the most valuable personal growth um, journey or tool that you, you could ever have, you know, sitting in that seat where you're kind of going through that and traversing. It's just, it's like every three months, it's like, I have to become a whole new leader, a whole new person. And you're just like, sure. what, yeah. what happened? Yeah. That's wild. Has it been, has that been probably... Like if you, if you take a step back and think of to 2018 when you launched, you know, you just launched a website yeah. and you're making the product to now has building a team been one of the most challenging, if not the most challenging parts of this whole process. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Building, managing a team. Um, yeah, we have a, we're about like 30, a little over 30 people full time, but we also have a lot of amazing contractors who are very embedded and kind of like, you know, full time, part time. Um, so yeah, there's just, there's a lot of people, a lot of names and a lot of talent and, but that requires a lot of, uh, 
it's just so much different. Like for the first three years, it was like five of us, you know? Mm, um, yeah. And <clears throat> there's, you know, there's good, there's good and bad of having small teams There's good about it of having big teams. And, and I think the, the goal of a leader is about maximizing the potential of what you have. And, um, and sometimes that can take a bit <laughs> to, to figure out and optimize for and, you know, find the, the harmony and the symphony with like a huge band is different from when you have like three people and you're playing the instruments yourself. That's how it was in the beginning. Sure. So, oh, yeah. yeah, it's been, it's been, um, beautifully challenging, I would say. Okay. No, I like that. Yeah. That's, a, that's a good, good way yeah. to put it. Is it, do you think it's been more challenging in this whole remote work environment? Like I, I know as mm. someone who's tried to start a business in the last few years, it's interesting trying to think of building a team versus what it was back when we would all be in the same office and you, you know, totally. you someone sitting next to you and just, you kind of absorb things more. I think when you're sitting together now in this new post COVID era where everyone, most people are working remote for the most part, yeah. not everybody, but a lot. How, how have you tried to maneuver through that and, and, and really identify talent, but not just identify talent, like get them a part of a culture. Um, right. I think my time at RX, what I always go back to is, is, the founders and that initial team did such a good job of creating the Kool-Aid that we all drank. And like, you felt it when you walked into the building every day and we all worked our ass off for the same goal. Like it was the way we all worked, but it was also, we all knew what the goal was that mm. I felt like was really, really important. And honestly, the, the, a big piece of the success story over there. How is yeah. it doing that remotely? I'm sure that's a little bit of a challenge uh, to a degree. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's definitely challenging. I haven't, done it a different way um but it feels hard sure uh i think that they're so we yeah we're we are a remote team we allow people to work from wherever they thrive um we have seven seven employees that live in la and so we are building or, or we have a sort of headquarters um that we f we can fly people in to you know work together we can fly we fly the whole team in a couple times and you know do offsites here and then about seven of us work here um so it's it's slightly hybrid but i mean mm -hmm. there's still people on our team who i've never met in person which is wild right yeah um and so yeah uh it's definitely hard i think that you have to be very conscious about um beating the drum of who you are, of your values, of the purpose of the company past the point of comfort, you know, like you're like, everybody already heard it. It's getting old or whatever. You just got to keep going. And I think especially in the remote world, because you don't have that physical touch point every day that you guys had at RX bar. These are just things I'm learning on the fly. Um, but we, you know, we have practices like uh, we have watering holes where the team meets together, meets up together and in those watering holes, we do a little bit of breath work together every time. Um, and then at the end of every watering hole, we also do gratitude breakouts. So like oh, cool. break out smaller groups and share what we're grateful for, um, share some wins. Uh, we also, we try to do one big team trip a year. Um, and that's where, you know, hopefully we, we sort of front load a lot of that, you know, team building and, you know, getting to know each other. And then 
<clears throat> you know, we do we do some interesting things like every new employee to the team, we do like a larger. I don't know if you, have you done breathwork before? Are you familiar with this yeah, concept? Yeah, well, uh, to be honest, I've like I've done a, I did a really good job for a long time of being committed to Headspace, which, you know, it's not really breathwork. You can do some breathwork yeah. in there. Um, yeah, it's so, funny you've been talking about it. I've always wanted to figure out how to start. Like, I think it's something I've always, it, yeah. transparently, I've never done it uh, consistently. I've tried it a few right. times, though. Yeah, so there, I mean, breathwork, <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty big term, but um, the breathwork that I'm uh, speaking to in regards to how we welcome our team is more of like a transformative breathwork. So some people call it holotropic breathwork, um, conscious breathwork, like, it's, it's intense and it's more of like a, it's like a journey. So it's like an hour long oh, and you're wow. breathing hard. It's not, it's not like pranayama or, um, you know, alternate nostril breathing. It's more of like an active experience. It's actual work and you can get into some really profound states of consciousness. Um, and I think because it's challenging and because it sort of like brings up emotion, it brings the team together, even, even though we're remote, um, we've had some of like the most beautiful moments on these calls where you have people who've never met each other in person opening up about their life about their feelings you know crying all of those things so like i try i'm trying to find more ways to weave in these moments of magic that i think are pretty crucial to building team camaraderie um and then the, the last thing that i'd say is we're also just kind of like revisiting our business operating system and figuring out like there are times where remote work is great where like you know exactly what you're working on like heads down don't talk to anyone go and work like you don't need to be in an office and have water cooler talk and all that but then for planning and you know navigating challenges or opportunities especially for like marketing and creative work i think it's really important to be in a room and when you're critiquing creative ideas to be able to read each other's energy Mm -hmm. um, and so we're trying to figure out ways where, you know, it's once a quarter or every two months, the marketing team gets together, maybe specifically, or the creative team gets together specifically. And, um, we sort of like batch those, those sessions, but yeah, I mean, it's been, been a really interesting process and I'm curious, like as a whole, how, you know, business is going to evolve, you know, cause you have people who went, you have like automatic and WordPress, you know, they're like 100% remote and have been for a while, kind of like building the blueprint for that. And you have all these companies that like swung the pendulum from office work to remote during COVID. And now they're like, this is horrible going back. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it is, it's a I, weird dynamic right now. I think it's... it'll be a happy medium. I think like the happy medium will be somewhere in between and it'll be, there's remote work for the type of work that's optimized for remote work. And then there's in-person work for, you know, things that are best done around people. I love that. Uh, you know, so I don't think I've, I've had anyone on here that's articulated that as well as you just did, Shane. Um, it, it's so true. Like if you're going to be headphones in in front of a, a computer, or, you know, laptop screen for a while and you just need to get work done, it doesn't really make sense in my opinion to be in person. But it makes no sense. Yeah. If you're, you're right. If it's going to be like collaborative, like mapping out at whether it's planning, just creative things or even, you know, I'm a, I have a finance background and econ background. So like even just thinking of like next year's plan and budget, like there is, totally. I think there's a ton of value in not just like sending an Excel sheet over someone and saying, here's what I'm thinking. And this is what I've been working on in my little silo. It's like, no, 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 let's all sit together. Let's map this out. Fresh eyes, get new perspectives, that whole thing. Yeah. Um, that's really cool. And I, I can see how that 
it already even just from what you've mentioned how different it sounds like a, from of a culture you're trying to build um yeah bringing up breath work and all these things these are not things that i hear very often um yeah, the inevitable question i so i was just gonna say, say similar similar to like building a, the brand and the product that like i wanted to see or drink for myself like i want to build a company that i want to work for too you know? Love that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. how cool is that too, right? That you're building something that you want to work for. Um, yeah, I think yeah. a lot of people strive, but don't actually do that. Um, so you obviously launched on the website. We've talked about building teams. Um, what does the future look like for Mudwater? Like, I know for me personally, I see you guys, mostly I, I see you guys pop up online, which is obviously by design with digital advertising. Do you guys have mm -hmm. aspirations, as you mentioned in the beginning, to be in some of the big retail places and, and to be in broader markets someday? Yeah. Yeah. Without getting too much into details, like I think, um, don't be surprised if you see us in some, some stores that you probably shop at in the coming nice. year. Love it. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we're definitely expanding, uh, you know, channels, markets, products, and really doing so consciously, um, still and, and very carefully. Um, but we're, yeah, we're just excited about the next evolution of the company and there's, yeah, it's just, it's just fun. It's fun. Yeah. It sounds yeah. like it. It sounds like you genuinely love what you're doing, which is cool, man. I do. Um, yeah. So for people listening who, who have just been, I think, you know, they, they hear this story and they think it's really, really interesting and they, they maybe connect with it in some way, shape <clears> or form, Shane. <throat> mm -hmm. What would you tell people has been the key of going zero to one? Because for you, it sounds like what I think most people probably don't know when they see an ad from you guys is just the mm -hmm. background that you walk through, right? Like your dad being yeah. a builder, your mom working in the mushroom space, <laughs> you having just this like crazy work mentality and being in an industry in Silicon Valley that's just known for, you know, going crazy when it comes to productivity and working around the clock and putting in the time. Like this yeah. product to me feels like it was born just or so organically around what was just you were, you know, what was pushing on you from the external side. Um, mm -hmm. For other people listening to this podcast, because this podcast is all about going from zero to one. What, what would you say were some of the key things of actually going from you making mud water just in your home, just playing around with ingredients and creating it to making the leap to actually selling a product? I think that gap right there sometimes is oversimplified where it's a big difference between you messing around with something in your kitchen to then actually launching a website and actually building a business. Is there anything mm -hmm. that, that you remember that stands out to you that was really what you feel like was the, the important impetus or the key of that launch point? Hmm. Yeah, there's definitely a couple things that come to mind. Um, I think it's really like what's fueled me is understanding me <laughs> first okay. and foremost like that foundation of like understanding who you are um what what you like what you dislike oftentimes that exploration can inspire an idea um because you might find something that you love or something that's helped you uh and that might be something that could help others so that that's one thing i think within that exploration you also find what you're really interested in and if you go all in on that, you typically will build fluency or a special skill around that. Um, and so for me, that just happened to be design, web design, those types of things. I think it's really, so knowing yourself is really important and then knowing what you're really good at is really important. Mm -hmm. And I think for starting a business, specifically like a CPG or consumer facing brand, 
um, my biased but like personal perspective is that having a background in design and, and web development uh, is the equivalent of like starting a tech company and being an engineer. I, I think it's it sets you apart. I think it allows you to move super fast, like talking about going zero to one. I love going, I love taking things from zero to one, from an idea to actually something you can feel and look at and read. I mean, I, I launch little like side companies and different ideas all the time. I'm working on something right now. It's going to be sort of like a, a sister brand to Mudwater. Oh, Just cool. because I just have, I love that outlet and I know I can do it and it's fun. Um, so yeah, developing your knowledge of your, of the self and then developing a really solid and strong skill set that hopefully is relevant to what that self is very interested in. Um, and I think the combination of those things will give you the confidence that you need to take the leap. It's not like, like, I think it's tougher to do it in reverse where you're like trying to convince yourself you're confident, but you don't have the skills or you don't know who you are. And you're just kind of like looking at what other people are doing and finding success in you're like, I'm just going to do that. Yeah. And right. Like that typically, I mean, people found success doing that 100%, but, um, I really love and inspired by like purpose driven brands and brands that are coming from a place of, of, uh, authenticity. And I think that those are also brands that have, you know, a lot of resilience because the founders are able to, to go through and, you know, hard times, which will inevitably come when you start a business. Once you get beyond one, right. two, three, five, it's a lot different. Um, but if you, if it's coming from like a heart centered place, it, it like nothing is insurmountable. So yeah, I'll, there, I have so much on that. No, I, I love it's that. A really, no, it's, it's a really it's good really question. And, um, yeah, I'll, I'll end it at that. Yeah, no, that makes sense, man. I mean, I think the the key, and I hear this by so many founders, is is just like a genuine love for what you're building, right? Like there's such a difference between setting out to build something because you think there's money in it and building it because you have a passion for what you're creating. And that sounds cheesy and probably a little bit cliche, but you see it time and time again, right? Like your background and like you having this true belief in the product you're creating um, in, yeah. the, in the problem it's solving probably more so than anything, right? Um, Shane, as we get close to end of time here, I'd love to ask this question of every founder. And I, just given your background and you trying to build so many things, and you seem like such a creative person, obviously, from our conversation today, would love. To, I'm really excited for your answer to this one. So what do you use from a tools perspective to plan You know, multi-year goals, your annual goals for 2023, all the way down to like getting shit done today and prioritizing what's most important? Are you a a pen and paper guy, a planner guy, an app guy? Like, what do you use? What tools do you put around you personally to get shit done? I'm in Notion all day. <laughs> Everyone's um, been saying this lately. I have probably gotten that response the last 10 episodes I've done. So I, I, oh, I need to actually take Notion a, take is a... like my brain manifested into the computer. Um, okay. So, yeah, I mean, I use Notion a lot. And I, I have, like, I'll typically do... So it depends. Like, I don't know if you're talking about personal or business or both, but like, I think planning is extremely important. So once you like planning and setting a vision, whether it's for yourself or for a company is like, it's, yeah, the, it's once you've decided you want to start at zero, that's like the next step that's going to get you to one. Um, and I typically will do that through like by writing really. 
Um, and then sometimes I'll turn that writing into a, in a if, if it's for business, like I'll turn it into a deck, I'll, I'll turn it into a table, um, like a spreadsheet and, and you'll kind of have metrics and KPIs you'll track. Um, and then that typically that sort of like vision, the one year plan or like the big hairy audacious goal sort of like sits there um, in more abstract terms. And then it, as it gets closer into like the one year plan, the one month, the quarter plan, the, the one month plan and daily, it, it gets more and more, uh, it, the fidelity increases. And so every day I, I sort of open up, I just use Apple notes. Okay. I set up a new note every day, put the title of the note is the date. Um, and then I go through and I, I write down three things I'm grateful for. And then I put at the top of that note, I'll put, you know, the top five things that I, I need to do that day. So like the top priorities, but normally I'll have like 50 things that I'm like, but then there's this, 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 I don't want to forget this, this, this. And so that kind of, I make a list and it just helps me offload that out of my mind. And then I just have this kind of like running list there. Um, I've tried Asana, I've tried Trello, I've tried all that stuff. And for me, like for personal tasks, um, that's what I found is the best. Our team uses Asana because a lot of the work is collaborative. Mm -hmm. um, but when I was starting the company, when I, we were a small team, like when you're going from zero to one, you, you're oftentimes working in really small teams and um, you don't necessarily like those tools. <laughs> like I remember trying Asana out and I'm like, okay, I'm making this task and I'm just going to assign it to myself. Um, well, <laughs> that. Um, oh, that's funny. I never thought about so, that. <clears throat> uh, yeah. Yeah. I think having defining the operating system that works for you is, is a super important thing. Um, and oftentimes it'll that. feel clunky at first, but, um, I, I just recommend trying, I mean, there's so much documentation out there, like just try different ones and find the one that, that hits. I, the reason I asked this question, Shane, is I, and I know this about myself, I'm at least self-aware enough to realize this. I'm like an, over, I try to be overly productive. Like I think I've tried every single tool three times type of thing. Yeah. Like I'm that type of person. Um, and I've used a paper, like a full focus planner since I've yeah. gotten my business off the ground. Me too. Um, some days I feel like it's just like, it takes too much time, which is a horrible excuse. Maybe that's part of like my anxiety with caffeine too, of just like, I gotta get up and I gotta get going. I don't have time to sit down and like write out a plan every day. Um, but I love that the Apple notes was a simple one. And I think, and I'm sure you deal with this too, being, uh, you know, running your own business. I, I feel like people who run their own businesses, there's, there's so many things. I know it's the struggle I have sometimes is like, you have 50 things that all feel like they need to get done today. You're not going to get 50 things done today. So like mm -hmm. prioritizing those into like a, a few big buckets. Um, I love that idea. Apple notes is a great way to do it. That way it's on your laptop, it's on your phone. Um, it's just on you. Right. Which I, I think online, that's part of the key online and offline available you know like cer certain applications you'll have your notes there and then it's like internet no internet and you can't edit it or something like that so the apple notes i've found is just it's the best it's kind of like tried and trusted i've done the, the physical paper form um it i think it's nice that it brings a lot of presence and i think there's some studies that show that like when you write things down um it tends to uh build neural pathways more effectively things like that but um I just love having, like, I have years of notes and you know, oh, I, have, wow. I have one note for note, one note open for each day. And at the top is my 
to-do list and I have like the gratitude as well. But like, as the day goes on, I'm like writing little things that happened or, you know, drafting an email that I need to write to someone. And so I could go and look like three years ago, like what was I doing today? And there's kind of this like weird mosaic of what was going on. Um, do, do you feel so, like, how do you find things like for you using that methodology? Cause I, that sounds like, honestly, it sounds really cool to me. How do you, I guess you can control F whatever. I forget the functionality, but you can like search for search, stuff in there. Couldn't you search yeah. for anything? You can search by date, you know? So like yeah. the dates are out at the top. So you can just scroll through. Do you have one note where you said you just, you just put everything in there. So like anything and everything's always in that one. And then you like pull the important, you pull like your five things out of that into your daily note. Is that kind of what you're doing? No, I, every day I just kind of, I typically will copy over from the previous day, the that undone tasks that are in that, like I have kind of stuff I need to do today, stuff I need to do soon. And sometimes Smart. I'll do like the soon stuff today. And so I'll just copy all the unchecked bullets and I'll put it okay. in a new day. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's cool. That way yeah. you just have it go back. You can see what you got done each day. Exactly. Exactly. Love that. Yeah. Very cool, Shane. Um, yeah, it's simple. Yeah, it's simple. I was gonna say, I've found time and time again, the simpler, the better. Uh, yeah. I, I continue to see that. Um, the, really the last question that I love to ask is, and I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm sure you're gonna have a cool one here. Any source of knowledge you'd love to give to the listeners today? So just a book, a podcast, an article you've read recently, anything that just pops up in your mind immediately that you think the listeners could take value from? Um, I mean, I, related to like the topics that we, we're, we've been discussing, like uh, James Clear's book, I, I love um, Atomic Habits. Uh, I think it's just, I think it's really good for kind of developing your own operating system and your own vision. <laughs> um, I think traveling is really important. I think uh, it opens your mind. Uh, it like shakes up your snow globe. It allows mm -hmm. you to sort of see yourself, see the world, see others in a new way. And I think, yeah, I th I'm, I'm deeply passionate about um, empowering people to be more curious about, you know, what's cool, what's not cool, like social norms, all of that, not to say that things will change, um, or their, their preferences will change. But um, I think the end goal would be people are, you know, acting in accord to like their, their, the youest you, the, the meest me, like the, their true self. And I think that's a, that's a special place if, if culture at large can be doing that. I think that's a good thing. Love that. Appreciate that, Shane. That's a, that's a great way to end this. So the last thing, if anyone that wants to try Mudwater, um, where can they learn more about it? Where can they get it? And where can they follow your journey as well? Yeah, so mudwater.com, M-U-D-W-T-R.com. Um, you can follow us on Instagram. We post some fun content. Um, it's not just selling product. It's That's Drink Mudwater. And then if you want to reach out to me, my Instagram is so many possibilities. That's the handle. Love that. Very cool, man. Well, thank you so much, Shane. Really appreciate the time and love learning more about Mudwater and you. You got something really cool you're building and, and I'm excited to, to know you now. I appreciate that.